Hi, human beings. Happy Halloween. <laughs> when you hear this, it won't be Halloween. But, uh, we're recording it on Halloween. Yeah, Kyla, you should have dressed up. Uh, just me? Yep. No one else? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, honestly, you live in California. We're almost done with Halloween. It's only 10 p.m. here, but you have an entire five hours left. Oh, that's, um, whoopsies! I'm Kirsten, and I didn't dress up. Well, I dressed up and this I'm weekend, Joshua, but not today. and I dressed up like a rapper, like a like a candy rapper or like <laughs> yo 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 rapper. <laughs> I, I have thought... no idea. What did you call me when I joined the call? <laughs> I'm Swiggy sorry. Swooty, I'm going to that for that fat booty. <laughs> <laughs> I just read it after you said Joshua, <laughs> and I was like, no, no. <laughs> Don't introduce yourself incorrectly. Hello, my name is Swiggity Swooty, and I'm going for that booty. Um, and welcome to the Weird and Suspicious. Oh, that's a weird... <laughs> uh, Kyla, you're lying! I'm pee-pee-poo-poo. <laughs> you're just saying that's suspicious. That's suspicious. <laughs> Oh my god, are we all, like, high or something? I am completely sober. I'm only I'm normal not. when I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm starting to feel the same. I'm Wait. I'm lacking I have this today. really shitty, yeah, like, not shitty, decent whiskey. Or uh, whiskey? Yeah. Does yeah, that say shit. daddies? Oh, that would be- Patties. We should make a- Patties no, 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 no. We should make a alcohol and we should call it daddies. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny. Okay. But not funny, haha. Funny, um, weird. Yeah. Also, you. I want to do this at the beginning and I keep forgetting. So at the end, we can just like be done. Um, you can follow our Instagram at the weird and suspicious, and you can email us at the weird and suspicious at gmail.com. I kind of wish someone would just leave me wine. I don't know if I would drink it though. Like when I don't our, think I would. When our neighbor put cookies no. in our milk box, I was like, don't eat them because we don't know those people. Your mailbox? Um, our milk box. Oh. You have a milk box? We have a milk box. Do oh, you yeah. Get, like, delivery? Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck else would they have it for, Josh? I just didn't know <laughs> if they still kept neighbors. it up or if it just came with the house, you know? It came with the house. I don't want to know what the subscription fees look like. I'm kind of interested <laughs> in getting a milk subscription, Kyla. I'm just trying to ask leading questions so I can get the information I want, Kyla. Why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> I lost the two dollar I lost the two dollar milk stand in Minnesota where I could drink all of the milk that I wanted and they took it away from me. I'm looking for a replacement, Kyla. <laughs> God. Well, <laughs> I can't. I can't I really, say it without the accent anymore. I really did appreciate that accent. That Thank really you. Yeah, yeah. Um. No. Now that I know that our neighbors aren't crazy people, I'll eat them. We are back on Reddit again. Same. Same things. And. Uh, I'm a low-level U.S. government employee. I just saw something. Don't. You bitch. Is that yours? Yes. 
No way. You go no. ahead and read it. I'll find something else. Ah, I oh, just saw something no. I wasn't supposed to see. Damn. Did you just search it up literally right before the podcast? No, I did it this morning. Wait, I have the same story. Guess we gotta record tomorrow, guys. I'll see y'all next time. And goodbye. Thank you for listening. (laughs) None of us are talking now. How about that? You know that meme about how presidents and governors, after getting elected, look super shell-shocked and stressed the next time they make a public appearance? Like, the first thing that happens after you come into power is that you're pulled into a room and told all the secrets of the world? Well, turns out it's true. As a matter of fact, it's a VHS tape. I can't imagine a low-level employee. Like, if you just work as, like, a post office delivery person, you're a low-level government employee. (laughs) My friend works like something in the environment something he captured mosquitoes for a while do you think he's high enough to see the vhs tape yeah for sure for sure for sure okay okay yeah i think um if you're helping the government out then uh you should you should know things you know i feel like the um like the maids and stuff there they know some shit they probably do, honestly. honestly. They know some wild shit. They've cleaned up some wild shit. Ew. Literally. Uh, disgusting. The four-hour tape was always a bit of an urban legend at the office. I'll be keeping the details of my role in government very, very vague. But to be clear, I am very low-level. My role is caked between layers of bureaucracy and, in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty inconsequential role. When you're working at my level, you're generally not privy to any high-level secrets. Yes, top-secret meetings did occasionally happen in our building, but my focus is pretty limited and heavily administrative. So, you do what any other department does when you're in the bottom rung of the hierarchy, you discuss rumors, rumblings, crazy conspiracy theories, and everything in between. It's water cooler conversation for us. Man, I wonder what the folks at the top are doing right now. That kind of stuff. Out of all the rumors that fluttered around the office, the four-hour tape was always the one I found the most fascinating. The crux of it, once you reach the highest clearance level, you are sat down and shown this tape. None of us knew what the contents of the tape were, or if a tape like this even actually existed, but it was fun to speculate about it every now and then. Most of the time, we found with our little rumors and conspiracy theories that the most mundane answer was usually the correct one. Life, in general, finds a way to surprise us with how boring everything can be. Now, there's something you should know about me before I continue. I'm a wimp. I'm meek, anxious, and generally restless. I'm a chronic rule follower. There's no part of me that wants to dig up secret documents and uncover the truth about what happens at the highest levels of government in our country. So when I discuss the events of four nights ago, please be mindful of that. I didn't ask for this, and I'm only sharing because I don't know how much time I have left anyway, and I can't live with this stuck in my conscious alone. It was nighttime at the office. I'm known to be a bit of a chronic workaholic, and there was something I really wanted to get done before the week was over, so I was working later than usual. I went to print a document on what I thought was the printer in my immediate vicinity. 
notification on my computer showed that my document was being printed, but I didn't hear any noise or paper coming out from my local printer. I checked the name of the device I selected, and it looks like I'd accidentally clicked on a printer that was being used on another floor. I sighed. In any normal circumstances, I probably would have just forgotten about that mistake and reprinted the documents on my local printer again, but our general management here is quite stringent on us making sure that all confidential documents are accounted for, which makes sense. We're not allowed... Yeah. We're not allowed to share the department-specific documentation to other departments. Fuck it, I thought. Looked up a map in my inbox showing the locations of all the company printers. Turns out, I'd accidentally clicked on the printer name Prince Charming on the seventh floor. Ha! Funny name. (laughs) 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 Off I went. (laughs) So anyway, I really should have just let it be. I got to the elevator and rode it up to the seventh floor. I emerged onto the mostly empty office area. In case you were wondering, the building I work in is huge, but I'd worked there long enough to know my way around it, so I knew the area surrounding the printer relatively well. Made my way through the hallways and eventually spotted the printer with my freshly printed papers minting it. I gave myself a mental pat on the back for continuing my lifelong streak of following the rules. Good job. As I went to grab the papers, I noticed some light buzz in a meeting room nearby. I looked through the window to see roughly ten people hanging out around a snack table. In the room was a large, old-looking TV on a cart and rows of some of the fanciest folding chairs I'd ever seen, organized in a neat fashion. I didn't think much of it. Real fancy. real fancy. fancy They were all solid gold. Yeah. You haven't been to the right people's houses. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Even the folding part. Honestly. You know, I apologize. Yeah, honestly, you're a fucking idiot for asking. Shouldn't even question. So anyway, I didn't think much of it and started walking off until I heard the door open. Hey, Mr. Boskowitz, right? Jesus, man, we were supposed to start 15 minutes ago. Get in here. I, uh, what? No, sorry, you have the wrong... I don't care why you're late. Just get in here. Grab a plate of snacks and sit down. We're starting soon. Put your phone in the bag, electronic watch in the bag, and anything else on your person that can be used to record audio or video, he responded hastily. Something about his sternness and tone short-circuited my brain. For guys like me, there's a third option beyond fight or flight. It's called just go with it until it's over. Also known as the captured rabbit strategy. Strategy. (laughs) Also, if they had snacks. I would also be like, I guess I'm going to stay. Yeah, that's next. I put my phone and watch in the bag. I meekly tried to butt in with another, Sir, I'm not Mr. Boskowitz, but he had already pulled me into the room at this point. He closed the door and walked to the front by the TV. I thought about making a break for it, but I decided to just see it through at this point, hoping deep down that was whatever was happening was as inconsequential as my job was. Everyone had their snack plates and were heading to their seats. I awkwardly grabbed a muffin from the snack table, put it on a napkin, and took a seat in the very back row. Everyone was spaced out from each other. It didn't seem like anyone knew each other. 
I quietly sighed at the thought of having to sit through some sort of boring informational seminar or irrelevant training session. After a few minutes of everyone settling in, the man who originally brought me into the room started talking. There's an equally serious guy standing next to him and a Secret Service-looking fella standing in the corner. Huh. I started wondering to myself why we were going to watch a video off of a very old-school-looking TV. Felt like we were all back in elementary school or something. Alright, I just need to do a final run-through before we get started, the man at the front said. I know you all read through the emails and signed your releases. I just wanted to recap some ground rules. You're allowed to get up and grab another snack, but beyond that, we want you to pay full attention to the tape once it starts playing. If any of you need to go to the bathroom, we strongly urge you to wait until the presentation is over. If you absolutely have to go, we'll pause the tape and one of us will escort you. There's water in the corner by the snacks. Cups are right there as well. And uh, goes without saying, but any discussion of this presentation to folks who do not have top compartmented clearance is a breach of your terms of employment, a breach of your non-disclosure agreement, a breach of your multiple signed releases, a breach of the U.S. criminal code in the state of redacted, and a breach of the conditions laid out by the committee for the protection and preservation of human consciousness. And I feel like that's like his but also yeah. his last opportunity to be anything, like i'm not supposed so. to be here i don't want to be accused of treason Look at the right person. he signed nothing it's not his it's fault the, they messed up he tried telling them that he's no there. he tried they telling them. okay and, and they're, they're like this, sit they're down get saying, shut up kirsten they're That's basically what they're saying <laughs> god damn it <sighs> i'm not even <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't. Okay, okay. They started dimming the lights. Fuck. It felt like I had missed any window of opportunity I had to leave. Too late. That committee name he highlighted sounded way above my clearance level. One of the men at the front of the room pulled out a VHS tape from a bag and very slowly and securely put it in a VHS player. He pressed play. I took a deep breath. Those water cooler conversations I'd have with my coworkers were starting to float to the top of my mind, but I quelled them. There was probably no need for panic. It was just a stupid government meeting, right? The tape started. The beginning was familiar enough. Various disclaimers about this being incredibly confidential material, yada, yada, yada. Insignias of relevant organizations, presidential libraries, etc. I'd seen a lot of videos like this already. But wait, that insignia looked strange, like something was off. I scanned it. Presidential libraries. That same eagle. Those same stars. Weird. This time there was a navy blue hand on the left shoulder of the eagle on the left shoulder of the eagle. Did they update the logo? Before I had time to ruminate on it too much. The tape cut to a logo I had actually never seen before. Committee for the Protection and Preservation of Human Consciousness. The logo was just an image of planet Earth. Fair enough. The video cut to a room that looked similar to the Congress floor, but with some strange differences. Seats were much more spaced out. The podium looked like it had seen better days, and the whole room looked to be on a pretty steep incline. Everything was in black and white. It looked like there were about 50 people in attendance. 
It was hard to make out the faces. Everything looked very dated, like the video was from the 40s or the 50s. The tape lingered on this one shot for a, quite a while. Minutes passed. I noticed what looked to be a choir, all in outfit and perfectly huddled next to each other, standing in one of the corners of the room. It really felt like I shouldn't have been seeing this. None of this was meant for my eyes. After a few more minutes, the tape abruptly cut to an awkward angle video of a man speaking at the podium in the room. It was too zoomed in, enough that you couldn't see his eyes or his hair. It didn't look all that professional. I couldn't tell who he was. He spoke. Members of the Committee for the Protection and Preservation of Human Consciousness, I thank you all for coming tonight. We are lucky to be in the good graces of our visitors today without rehashing our painful history. The tape cut to a camera slowly panning over all the faces of the folks seated in the room. The attendees looked pained, somber. The man continued his speech as the camera continued panning over the committee. We can acknowledge that the journey to this moment has been an arduous one. I am pleased to say that humanity, faced with a dire ultimatum, has come to a majority decision. To our esteemed guests from across the solar system, we are thankful for the opportunity you have given us to negotiate with you. I felt adrenaline. Fuck. We had made contact with extraterrestrial life. This was the truth. Maybe, like the saying went, the truth would set me free. Before I outline the decision taken by humanity, I want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank the brilliant representatives from all the nations of the world who came together to ensure that this decision was taken with utmost responsibility, care, and appreciation for our human species. I'm aware that this was not a unanimous decision. Shit, what did that mean? I felt the sweat on my brow. I felt nausea coming in. I awkwardly and slowly took a bite of the muffin. The tape returned to a now-corrected angle of the speaker at the podium. His eyes were visible. They looked strained, like they'd seen multiple versions of hell. To the nations who still disagree, he continued, I thank you nonetheless for accepting the majority decision. May this moment, which be held in secrecy throughout the rest of time, be appreciated as a critical milestone for human civilization. Tonight is not a victory. It is a somber moment. However, we were faced with two options extinction or accepting the agreement we made our choice and i believe time will show that this was the right decision what was this i hereby announce that we accept the agreement provided by our special guests who have chosen to go by the name redacted the intergalactic species known as redacted will allow humanity on planet earth to continue to populate grow and innovate in return all governments of the world will will honor the promise he needed to spit it out. What the fuck was this agreement? We will not be covering every element of the agreement in session. I will, however, highlight the main points. At this point, the video showed the man at the podium looking down. He was reading off of something. For the first time, he looked nervous, scared. I saw some humanity in him. We honor the agreement that redacted hold the right to visit planet Earth on recurring bases. They will be allowed to consume... For the basis of nourishment, a majority of the human population on planet Earth. What? Consume people? Like... Consume. After every visit, the remaining humans on Earth will be mm -hmm. expected to breed and grow to capacity in time for the next visit. We acknowledge that we will maintain a parallel history, which will be shared with our world's population. 
To ensure that humanity stays motivated to continue existing as a species, this parallel history may suggest that mass extinction events are the result of man-made folly as opposed to the work of external forces. For the first time, my fight-or-flight response was actually flight. I wanted to escape, but I didn't know what I'd even be running from. The last visit by Redacted was approximately in the year 1346, and it lasted seven years. We will continue to honor our parallel history about this event. I just wanted it to end. The next visit, which will not be met with resistance, will be in the year 2028 and will run for one full calendar year on Earth, making a 675-year gap between the last significant visit by the species known as Redacted. The visiting cadence is expected to speed up over time as the remaining humans continue to sharpen their focus on building technology to allow humanity to reproduce in a speedy and productive manner. Jesus Christ, our planet is a fucking farm. I wanted to look away, but I couldn't. The tape cut away to a larger view of the Congress-like room. The somber committee members in attendance and the members of the choir in the corner, who I could only imagine looked horrified. I don't know why. I feel like he's calling. Why didn't they bring a choir? It's a choir, to but it's not really a choir. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think these people are actually singing. They're all singing heavenly Fair. music the whole time. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like, and now we'll now we'll sing a song and be happy <laughs> Dude, because we're like, not going to be part of the cult generation. Gosh. I'm so excited. I'm not. Ugh, can't wait. You know, it's fun. It could be. We could probably meet some homies. I would rather die. Maybe they have. Maybe they're. <laughs> Maybe they're <laughs> Meet hot. some homies on the way to the factory. <laughs> I would rather die. Uh, where were the visitors? Why couldn't I see them? The camera then panned to a number of larger empty seats. The same slow style of video panning as the one that happened earlier with the committee members. No visible entities in the seats, but the seats themselves looked blurry. The man at the podium carried on with his speech as the camera pan on those blurry seats continued. We should acknowledge the privilege of knowing that there is indeed life in the cosmos, that extraterrestrial life has chosen to visit our planet, and that the cycle and balance provided by nature extends beyond the confines of planet Earth. Much like humanity has found its place on Earth in the food chain, we acknowledge our place in the divine order of things when encountered with beings of greater power, understanding cognitive function cognitive function and evolutionary progression fucking hell i should have stayed i shouldn't have stayed late at work i should have made my identity clear from the very beginning i knew that i wasn't supposed to see this and while fuck it really looked like the speaker was about to cry while the process of consumption is a painful and lengthy one we respect the trade-off that comes with the preservation of our species. We also acknowledge as part of the promise that substitutes for human life in the form of clones, should we discover that technology in the future or other living species will never function as viable alternatives for nourishment. The speaker continued, I didn't need to know this. This whole thing was way too specific for me. Our final major acknowledgement as part of this agreement is that we accept redacted as the great almighty, as the entities we will now refer to as God. God, as an interstellar species, has revealed itself to us, and thus the continued existence of redacted is now the true priority of the people of our planet. 
we are blessed to play a part in the continuation of God. In God we trust. Amen. Is that why everyone's so obsessed with Christianity now? Is that why the government won't get rid of putting God in things? Um, The tape then cut to footage of the choir as the speaker continued. We bless our visitors with this gift, a performance of the national anthems of all major nations of the world will now commence. Audio, a very loud backing track of Star Spangled Banner started playing from the videos as my stomach sank. The tape showed footage of the choir singing on top of the track. Not sure if it was because they were scared for their lives, but I could really tell they were singing their hearts out. As they sang, the camera continued to pan over the blurry seats. They finished singing the anthem and suddenly, fast forwarding, fucking hell, I had forgot I was sitting in a room. I had disengaged from the video for a brief moment. I had mentally returned to the present day. This was our world. This was our lives. The men at the front continued fast-forwarding through the tape. It looked like they were skipping through performances of the other national anthems. <laughs> they're, they're like, fuck Only America's ones. count. <laughs> Honestly, it'd be that way, you know? The fast-forwarding went on for a while. Every small while, it looked like a new choir group was entering the Congress-like room to sing a different national anthem. On and on the tape went. I had to fight the urge to pass out. One of the men... At the front of our room, standing next to the TV, started speaking up. We are legally obligated to get to the end of this tape, but you don't need to look at the rest of it. Please feel free to look down or close your eyes or grab a snack, he said. (laughs) I noticed snacks. They just want everyone to eat. I noticed the others seated in the room were taking that advice. Most of them decided to look straight down. For some weird reason, I couldn't look away. Fast forwarding progressed. On the tape, it was yet another choir group joining to perform an anthem and then another and another. It looked like we were near the end. The fast-forwarding now showed a conversation between the man at the podium and another man who was whispering in his ear. The man at the podium was shaking his head. The other man continued whispering. This continued on. Eventually, there was a quick moment of the man at the podium begrudgingly nodding. The last few fast-forwarded moments of the tape remained burned in my memory to this very moment. They were pandemonium. The attendees were sitting in their chairs, frozen, shivering, crying. The people in the various choirs were running around the rooms in fast motion as blurry spots started covering them and ungodly things started happening to them. Fuck, why didn't I look away? If ever there was a time to follow orders. I felt like the whole thing went on for longer than it should have. Finally, the men at the front of the room stopped the fast-forwarding. They pressed play on the tape to cover the very final moment. In the tape, the man at the podium, clearly emotional, spoke his final line. This agreement has been ratified by Redacted. Thank you all for attending. The final shots of the video is the full room. The committee members in their seats, shivering and crying. The dismantled and bloodied choir members strewn about the room. The blurry seats with blood smeared on them. The video then cut away, back to the same insignia on a black backdrop. The presidential libraries, that eagle, those stars, the navy blue hand on the wing of the eagle. The lights in our room turned on. The rest of the night was a blur. The men at the front of the room told us it was best for us to sit for an hour to digest the information. 
no discussion about the video was allowed to take place. When we were ready to stand, we were allowed to leave and go home. They gave us some pointers on how to accept the information over the coming weeks. Things like taking long walks, exercising, watching a sitcom, etc. Go... Yeah, yeah go watch, some, go watch some friends. Maybe That'll make you feel better. And then never <laughs> come back. Mm-hmm. Don't kill yourself <laughs> no. unless you've had a child yet, though. We want to make sure we're repopulating well. I wasn't worried about them realizing that I wasn't supposed to be there. If anything, I felt a strange camaraderie with everyone in the room. We were We were all truly in the same boat. As soon as I left the building and got in my car, I just drove. For as long as I could. I would stop for gas, then I'd keep driving. Stop again, keep driving, again and again. I'm holed up in a hotel now. I'm just glad I could get this off my chest. The funny thing is, all I can think about is the length of that stupid tape. While I can't confirm, I feel like if it were played straight through without fast forwarding, it would have only been three hours. I wonder if the four hour tape rumor came from the fact that we all needed that extra hour to digest the information. And now you're probably wondering... Why don't I name the species that is going to spell humanity's doom throughout the rest of the time? Why am I calling them redacted? Well, as the self-appointed leader of the committee for the acknowledgement that we should have just chosen extinction, I don't feel the need to honor our captors by calling them by their name. If I don't see you again, Reddit, I appreciate the water cooler conversation. Ooh, I wonder who they are. Interesting. Do you think it's something that we already know and that's why he won't say it? Because, like, we already know the name? No, I think it would be easier for them to pinpoint who it is if he said the name. It's the Clintons. Tis the Clans. I need a tissue. Clant? He's like Clans. Mm-hmm. Like oh, Clintons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First off, I need to state that I'm a man whose faith is that of science. I believe in germ theory and general relativity. The supernatural is not my ball game. Never has been. I'm skeptical of all things people think can't be explained with science. I grew up with a Bible-thumping father and no mother because apparently sepsis is all part of God's plan. My mother died at home with a fever of more than 105. My dad didn't believe in... My dad didn't believe in theories, not medicine or uh, Cro-Magnon. I'm just going to think of aliens every time people say God now. It's all part of God's plan. They want to eat us. Mm -hmm. For the calling. There was just God and his plan. Although I'd like to think my father had no influence on my life, I suppose all this led me to where I am now. I'm the head of anthropology department at a large southern university. My work, my life, it's all rock, dust, and carbon dating. Tables laid with tangible bones far older than 5,000 years with computer data to prove it. My father said such things were put in the dirt by the devil. Fossil record was but a test of faith. I hate this man, but now I'm wondering if somehow, like a broken clock being right twice a day, that bastard was right. Anthropologists aren't usually the recipient of late-night business calls, so when my work cell rang at 11pm, I figured I'd either been butt-dialed or it was another spam call about a vehicle warranty. I answered all the same. Hello, this is Professor Hinkley. Hinkley? Hinkley? I don't know. 
Professor, this is Deputy Nick Caper. I'm one. I'm with the county sheriff's office. I'm sorry to bother you at this hour, sir. You were recommended by to me by the folks at Clemson. Now, I didn't specialize in forensic anthropology, but I had worked for the state before when human remains of native peoples were found. I must admit, calls like this did make me feel important. I puffed out my chest and tried to shake at the sleep out of my voice. Hi, yes. How may I help you, young man? Fucking anyone who uses young man unironically. Young no. man Joshua. Young man oh. swiggity How's swoon. How's it going, young, young man? man. Swiggity <laughs> swooty. Coming for that booty. Uh, oh, Swiggity swoop. I'm trying to eat that I cringed. Food. I wasn't even 50. <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. Sir, we're trying to stay ahead of the press on this, so your discretion would be greatly appreciated. We got a call this afternoon. Someone's dog had wandered off on a walk in Sumter and came back with a femur in his mouth. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, well, the owner went looking to see what he, where he fetched it from and found some human remains. They're old, so we're not talking about murder, or at least not any kind of active investigation. But the thing is, there's a lot of them. Dozens, as in dozens of bodies. Problem is, we don't. it doesn't seem to be a burial ground. The dead folks, well, they're all wearing Western-style clothes, shirts and trousers and such. We did some research and read that the mass, and read that mass graves of bodies all piled on each other like this would be peculiar. It would, I said as I pinched my nose. I take it you need someone to come out and take a look? So we'd be very grateful. You can bring whoever you'd like. We just need this to be identified before our little town gets overrun by the media types filling the bars. Says, I'm sorry, the country isn't familiar. Where did you say you were? Says, oh, don't worry. That's just how we like it down here. We're in western South Carolina, Sumter National Forest. I'll email you all the details. Okay, I sighed. Okay, I can get there tomorrow, but it'll be somewhat later, 5 p.m. or so. I'll bring my team with me. My team. I cringed again. It was a fancy term for a couple of broke graduate students. Well, I'll tell the sheriff. Thank you, Professor. Apologies again about the hour. Don't worry about it. Bye now. Imagine being just like a graduate student and your professor is using this. That's the best way to do it, though. I mean, for the professor, yeah, but uh, I hung up and Googled Sumter National Forest. That That part of the park in Oconee County was isolated. I clicked my thumbnail in my teeth. Western style clothing. I figured it could be a mass grave from an old epidemic that hit some settlers. Everything about this felt strange, though. From the phone call to the circumstances... Who at Clemson would recommend me? It was a Friday, and I hoped my team, Meredith and Casey, weren't going to be too hungover to work as I went back to bed. The three of us carpooled and hit the road about 3 p.m. It was a later start than I would have liked, but we would be at the address the deputy sent me around 6 p.m. As it turned out, the address that was sent to me was more of a crude waypoint. The bodies were found nearly 400 feet from a trail, and I had thought we were lost until I saw the trailhead parking lot. 
So we got out and stretched our legs. We had several large bags of excavation equipment and hauling them off of the trail would be a hell of a workout. I was beginning to regret saying yes to this. Still, the circumstances were intriguing. This grave would be the site of some previously unknown event in the early American history. So I tried to tell myself that I should be excited. Says you should quit acting like an old, such an old man. Stu's fifty; he has an age complex. I don't understand. Yeah, why is he weird about um, age complex, though? Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Maybe I feel like I'm gonna yeah. get an age complex so, at thirty, I don't and then I'll get over it. I'm like, it. damn, I'm old as fuck. Same, same. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I met with the sheriff, Deputy Caper, and a few county clerks that were simply curious. The hike wasn't the hike in wasn't as strenuous as I thought it would be. It was entirely flat, but the bramble we had to wade through had strewn my skin with scrapes. I was actually blinking away a little blood by the time we got there. Are are you good? Dude? Did he mean like, blinking away? Blinking away blood. blood? He said a little blood, which I assume means, like, he got cuts on his forehead or something, mm-hmm. but, like... Are his eyes are just bleeding? Are you, are you, Your eyes don't, how are you? like, bleed sometimes? I think you should see an exorcist. I hope not. <laughs> an exorcist. <laughs> the dig site itself was clear. All the bushes and even small trees had been taken away leaving an open patch of land about the size of a two-car garage. The ground was slightly dug up. A ring of earth lay around the mass grave. I immediately noticed something was off. The bones that were visible were blackened, as if they were burnt. Their clothing still had curled... Their clothing had curled from the flames, and what little of the cotton was left was bunched and dirty. Still, I could tell the clothing was certainly not native. I looked at Deputy Caper with my mouth slightly agape. These bodies have been burnt. He turned to the sheriff. I told you, sheriff, ain't no way dirt in time does that to skeletons. The sheriff huffed. You're no archaeologist, Nick, so what do you think it was? The sheriff looked at me expectingly as if I should already know the answers. Some kind of sickness or massacre? I have no idea. How old do you think they are? I glared at him and repeated myself. I have no idea. Old. He's like seventeen hundreds? I nodded. He's I I feel like I understand that from like a computer perspective of like you walk up to something trying to help somebody and they're like, Oh what if what's wrong yeah, with it? Yeah. You're the expert. That's like and when you just get there and so, like, I could definitely be like, shut the fuck up and let me actually look before you ask me a million Makes questions. Sense. Says, well, that certainly passed the statute <laughs> of limitations. Hell, South Carolina might not have even been a state, and Oakley County wasn't even a twinkle in this country's eye. Not much we can do here, is there? Sheriff just wanted to get the fuck out. <laughs> I wanted this buffoon gone, so I nodded again. We'll work until it gets dark and get an early start tomorrow. We'll update you as soon as we learn anything. In the meantime, I'd appreciate it if you'd reach out to someone with the South Carolina Historical Society. I can date these bones, but I won't be able to tell you who these people 
Oh, sorry, I won't be able to tell you what these people were doing here. The sheriff hiked up his belt. We actually tried. They didn't answer when we called Friday night. We left a message, but we expect we'll hear back Monday. We also contacted a couple of other universities, but no one wanted to come out on the weekend, it seems. Meredith and Casey looked at me peeved as if as they hadn't exactly wanted to come either, but I suggested it might help their grade. I stood straight and cleared my throat. I didn't think I was a chump for giving up. I didn't think I was a chump for giving up my weekend to investigate a find of this importance. I thought it was Southern society's fault and not mine for being more interested in barbecues than mass burials. Weird, <laughs> weird phrasing. You're I'm not, not a fan. Mass anyway, burials? I, if I had the choice between like a really nice brisket and a weekend of just drinking and eating barbecue or going out into the woods and digging up some old bones for funsies. Uh, I think I'd choose the barbecue. Two more days isn't going to hurt. They've been there for literally hundreds I of years. They... Why I can't this just wait till the week? kind of person, Joshua. They can cook some of the... About history. They can cook some of the bones they find. Yeah, they were there already on fire. Some... Why not start another fire and cook above them? There might some be nice some meat aged left. meat. Yeah. <laughs> we'll add I flavor. will grow up. Well, they're missing out. This is certainly something extraordinary. Nothing we need to be too concerned about, though, right? The two cops seem listless. They just wanted to be dismissed. I sighed, almost disappointed. No, probably not. So okay, well we're off then. The wife's been looking. The wife's been looking after the brisket today. So, the sheriff crossed his fingers. Fingers crossed. I hate this person. The deputy unfurled a length of crime scene tape and started wrapping it around trees as they walked back. So you can find your way back to the trail. He nodded at the tape. It gets awfully darker out here. Thank you. The deputy suddenly frowned. And Professor, are you staying at the Day's End in Walhalla? No, we're not staying in Walhalla. We found a little bed and breakfast in Pleasant Falls, just ten or so minutes from here. The sheriff laughed and shook his head while the deputy's eyes widened. Pleasant Falls? There's a bed and breakfast there? So yeah, I was feeling a bit defensive defensive at this point. It's cheap as all hell. Says, I bet. Just so you know, the folks get a bit kooky out there. It's like, kooky how? Blurted out Meredith. Kooky. Cocoa for Cocoa Puffs! Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Thank you. My brain just shut down. I have no idea what's happening. Because I was thinking of Cookie Crisps. Cuckoo, Cocoa, Cuckoo Puffs. Okay. Uh, well, rumor has it everyone in that town's got the same great-great-grandparents, if you catch my drift. There's all but 23 of them, too. Pleasant Falls ain't a town. It's a hamlet. So we're just sleeping there. It's better to stay close to the work site. It makes early mornings all the easier. It's not like we're going to go to the bar there. All right, just thought we'd give you the heads up. The day's in in town and always has vacancies, so if you do change your mind, just drive right over. I nodded. Thank you, gentlemen. They disappeared into the woods, and we began unpacking some of our equipment. 
in the darkening woods, it took us far longer to get set up than I'd anticipated. I realized that these were likely the newest bones I'd ever dealt with professionally. I was used to brown and yellowed skulls, fragmented remains where I'd piece the bones of ancient peoples back together like a puzzle. I was out of my depth here. I was certain then, as interesting as it was, that I shouldn't have agreed to come. I squinted and moved parts of a skeleton as if I knew what I was doing. These remains appear to be early Anglo settlers, I said, but I only reached that conclusion contextually. There was nothing in a single skull that I looked at to be sure. I would need time, daylight, and some lab work to figure this out. I had Meredith and Casey pack up the valuable things that we wouldn't want to leave overnight, and soon we were back in the car heading to the bed and breakfast. The town was nestled at the end of a dirt road. A dead-end sign sat shot, pocketed with bullet holes at the entrance. Um, said Meredith when we saw it. It's fine, I said, trying to contain some anger. We're just sleeping here. Kids shoot everything everywhere out here. It's not damnatory of the entire town. Damnatory. For the third time in 24 hours, I scrunched my eyes and cringed. At least I was smart enough to know that actual smart people don't like using big words. <laughs> this dude kills me. I hate him so much. You don't want to be besties with him? Well, damnatory or not, said Casey, this place is a shithole. As if on cue, a pack of pigs darted <laughs> across the dirt road and disappeared behind a derelict chapel. Its white paint was peeling, its steeple slightly bent. <laughs> Well, if you're looking for the Ritz-Carlton, you picked the wrong major. I pulled angrily into the driveway of the bed and breakfast. The house didn't look horrible. The paint was fresher than most of the other buildings, and the nice sign they had in front looked like someone had put labor into making it a presentable business. We got out of the car and all wheeled around. The town was deserted. Even though the population was only a couple dozen, it was still disturbing. A curious flock of chickens bobbled across the grass towards us. I vote days in, said Meredith. I was about to give her an earful before she spoke again. Look at that freak show, she whispered. I followed her gaze to see a man walking towards us from behind the chapel. Hello, he waved strangely. The boots he wore were unlaced and he had a bowl cut. We were all looking at each other before returning the wave. He came right up to us and paused. Hi there, I said. We booked a room for the night. Do you work here? Oh, no, no, he shook his head. I see. It was difficult to look him right in his eyes, he spoke. His teeth took my attention (laughs) like a train wreck. Hard to look away. They were horribly crooked in the color of butter. You're here for that grave, aren't you? He asked. I had to unfurrow my brow to be polite. This man's accent was strange. I couldn't place it at all, and I had to think of after he spoke to figure out what he said. The grave? Yes, I wasn't aware it was public information. Meredith and Casey were both uncomfortable at this point, and had stepped uh, further away from the man. There's no secrets in these parts, he smiled again. I was entranced by those teeth. (laughs) But I knew there was a grave out there before you all dug it up. It's a legend around here. So I wanted this hillbilly to leave us alone, but now I was more intrigued. I stepped towards him. How's that? He sighed as if pleased he got to tell his story. 
This place had a name that's been long forgotten. Far Wales. That's what the settlers called it when they first came here all those hundreds of years ago. Thing is, they weren't alone in the woods. There were others living here. Spirits, demons, you pick a name, but they weren't human. They looked it, though. Skinwalkers of some sort. The man paused and seemed to wipe the grin off of his face. Anyhow, instead of leaving here when they found that they weren't the first people... Ugh. Let me reread that. Anyhow, instead of leaving here when they found they weren't here first, the people did what those new countrymen did best. They invited them all to a dinner and shack, locked the doors, and burnt the place to the ground. They buried their remains somewhere out there in the woods. Well, it looks like your town's folklore is somewhat accurate. Oh, I know. But that isn't they the interesting part. The legend went on to... S <laughs> the, the first <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> the legend went on to say that one of them didn't die right away. He lived, at least long enough to talk to his killers. What did he say? What did he say? Meredith and Casey were now leaning forward to listen. He said that if their bones were ever to see the light of day, his people would grow flesh like trees, new leaves, and that they'd rise up from the dirt and slaughter those townsmen, slaughter everyone, every last settler of this new world. I saw a couple of women in the window of the church. They laughed when I caught their eye and ducked beneath the sill. My cheeks flushed and I exhaled like a bull. I'm not interested in that kind of nonsense. Flesh does not photosynthesize. Skin, hair, or consciousness, these things are created by cells in. That's all good, the man held up his hands to stop me. I was just telling you a story. No need to get all specific. Yeah, yeah I, I agree too. with the hillbilly here. Shut the fuck up, dude. Calm down. Right, I said. Meredith gave me a little eye roll as if to say, asshole. Just be warned, the sun was shining awful bright today. He smiled, and the day before, too. I opened my mouth, but Meredith cut me off. We appreciate the heads up. We really do. I thought you might. He bowed his head and sauntered off. Good day now. Good day, said Casey, somewhat sarcastically. When the man was out of earshot, I whipped around. You two are okay playing along with all that nonsense? If it means not being murdered in my sleep, said Casey, and after that spiel and what the cops thought of this place, you can stay here, but I'm going to Walhalla. Hala, said Meredith in agreement. <laughs> he really, really hesitated on that one. <laughs> I really did wanted to make sure I was reading that right okay fine I was fuming but trying to keep my cool trying not to be the twice divorced grump I was inevitably becoming but if you're taking my car you'll be back at the crack of dawn to take me to the site it's done we'll fill her up for you too I should have left with him although the doors to the B&B were unlocked there was no one there I rang the little bell, but no one came to greet me. Too proud to call them back for a ride, I took one of the second floor rooms and barricaded the door shut behind me. I slept fine, surprisingly, although I didn't want to admit it. That ghost town and the bowl cut man's ratings had made me feel like rantings, sorry, had made me feel like a scared child. The only problem is that when I woke up at sunrise, Meredith and Casey weren't there. 
I stepped onto the front porch of the bed and breakfast. The town was empty as the evening before. Just some stray animals here and there, the same chickens and a skeptical border collie inspecting me from a distance. I pulled out my phone to, and called Meredith, and then Casey. No answer. The sun got higher and dawn was long gone as I began walking down the road. I passed the trailhead parking lot and stared at where the trail began. It was as if there was a door into the forest, a patch of empty space in the otherwise impenetrable wall of woods. And that door was waving to me. The wind was blowing hard now, the leaves and branches swaying to and fro, entrancing. I stopped walking. Somehow, I hardly noticed it. My car was in the parking lot. I was fuming. Did they really not even bother driving the extra five minutes to pick me up? I rushed towards the trail in a huff and charged through the brush to the burial site. By the time I got there, my skin was scratched up horribly and I was panting. I was confused, but thankful that the gravesite was empty. Meredith and Casey would have seen me in that sorry state and pitied me as some pathetic old man. I stood with my hands on my hips and narrowed my eyes at the bodies. Meredith and Casey were probably just sleeping over a hangover in Valhalla. We left the tarp, some dig brushes, and I had a pair of latex gloves in my pocket. I could get to work. I knelt and began digging through the bodies. Unlike many older specimens I'd worked with, the bones weren't flaky or fragile and falling apart in my hands. I lifted and moved a rib cage. Under it was a piece of burned navy cotton. I began unraveling it carefully. You can imagine my confusion when I saw it had a modern design, a crew collar. It even had a tag. It was a sweater from Gap. I tossed it aside and started picking through the bones in a panic. This one still had flesh on it, not yet decomposed. Another still felt worn. I pictured the empty town of Pleasant Falls, a ghost town that was supposed to have two dozen residents. How many bodies were in this grave? Close to 24, I thought. I looked further out into the grave and started counting skulls, but I paused a moment later and stood. There was blood. Fresh blood on top of the grave. It was still dripping from the sky. I slowly looked up. Hung in the trees were the flayed bodies of Meredith and Cassidy. Their mouths red ovals like they died screaming. What happened then was a blur. I ran back through the woods, the whole time thinking about the man with the bull cut we'd seen in town. The man that seemed like he was pulled from the 1600s. He was playing with us the whole time. The legend he had told had already come true. The words rang in my head. The sun was off, shining awfully bright today and the day before. His bones were the ones originally buried there. His people. Demons are skinwalkers. They murdered the entire town of Pleasant Falls and stuffed them into the very grave they'd been buried in. I think they let me live so I could tell you. So I could try to warn you. They're going to kill everyone on this continent. I know they are. And they're coming. Ooh. Was that a true story? Ish. Yeah. Yeah, it actually happened where um No. Where we Was were it a ish? A true ish story? No. True ish. Uh, None of it? I don't think so. I'm not gonna lie. This was it was posted three years ago and we're still huh. alive, so 
if it was true, then uh, we're safe. Ish. Just hoping it was like kind of true-ish. This one's just called the streetlight. My neighborhood is just like any other. Boring houses with small yards. Boring people inside with boring jobs. The neighborhood is just normal as any other. Or so I thought. When I first moved in the, to this house, I noticed something strange. That the streetlight right next to my house flickers. This is nothing unusual. Maybe it was a faulty wiring or just an old bulb inside. For some reason, I always felt uneasy when I was near the light. As if it was somehow warning me about something I will always avoided walking under that particular light if i was in my yard at night with my dogs then i had my outside lights on i am not a person that is scared of the dark or anything but this particular darkness felt different and somehow sinister i thought i was being paranoid just being a big baby i just kept it i kept saying nothing until it happened it was particularly cold night out with a bit of heavy rain I was taking the dogs outside to use the bathroom for the last time that night, and when we headed back inside, I caught a glimpse of the light, and as I looked at the flickering, it seemed to increase seeing in speed. Then it seemed to just turn off for a few seconds, and while the light was off, I swear I could see something standing under it. I couldn't exactly make out how big it was, but it had to be big because it almost reached the top of the streetlight. Holy shit. It was somewhat slender. This is Slender Man. Figured with long mm-hmm. limbs and seen and what seems like horns and bones of wings. No, not Slender Man. Wings. wings of bone? Bones for Bones of wings? I don't know. <laughs> Weird. I swore they got I saw dubs. <laughs> It was, it's just shoulder blades. <laughs> I swore I saw it, but then the light came back on and it was gone. Must have been my imagination, I thought as I closed my door and locked up the house. I completely ignored the incident and got comfortable in my room. My dogs were sleeping soundly in their beds and all seemed quiet aside from the rain outside. From my bedroom window, I could still see the light flickering and occasionally it would just turn off. But I thought nothing of it and started to get ready for bed. From outside, I heard a dragging noise. Like something heavy was being dragged through the cold, wet street. I looked outside and saw nothing, even though the sound was getting louder. Outside, I saw a group of teenagers taking a late-night walk. Usual, or Usually nobody walks down this street, but I guess they were just in the mood to do something new. In the rain? After a few moments, they got really close to the streetlight, and then I heard them joke about it being haunted let out a little chuckle and then stopped once i heard them screaming i looked outside once more and only saw two teenagers left they looked terrified and were covered in a gray oily looking substance they were running and screaming to the closest house to them was mine so they ran to my door the dog my dogs were already at the door barking and scratching at it They've never been so energetic for me to open the door, but I assumed they were worried about the teenagers screaming on the other side. I quickly opened the door and let them in. As soon as they were inside, they shut and locked the door. Then they barricaded the door and windows with anything they could find. I tried calming them down by assuring them they were safe, but they were too terrified to talk. After a few minutes, they were calm enough to talk. I felt bad for them because these boys were shaking in fear as they told me what they saw. They told me... How they were walking, a giant monster appeared under the streetlight. 
They tried running, but the monster was swift and grabbed a few of their friends. It threw a gray blob at them to slow them down, and the mysterious or mysterious gray matter burned their skin. They ran into the first house they saw. I let them get cleaned up in the bathroom and wrapped their injuries. I gave them some tea, food, and then I offered to drive them home, but they were still too scared to go outside. So I let them stay the night, and it was late anyway. Ooh, that's a... You let them stay the night? Bit weird. You you took some teenagers into your house. I imagine and let them that it would be better if they all just stayed up to the ass crack of dawn in the living room rather than yeah. just like sleeping over. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> like, do you need pajamas? A little blankie? <laughs> ew. Ew. It took a while for them to fall asleep, but they eventually did. I heard strange noises outside and couldn't resist the urge to look. A car was driving down the road, and as soon as it reached the street light, the light turned off and a monster appeared. The car was lifted off the ground, and I watched as the car tore into pieces and ate everyone inside. I was frozen in fear and watched the monster turn his body to and face to my house. Then we locked eyes. The monster became more demonic looking each second. His eyes were red and glowing fire and his body was covered in thorns and its horns twisted towards each other. Its body seemed to drip in a gray substance and I... They immediately started making out. And its figure seemed to tower over me. Yeah. We locked eyes across the room. (sighs) The more I looked at it the closer it seemed to get it stopped moving once it was right in front of my house the monster then hunched down to my window and seemed to laugh as it laughed a gray oily substance substance leaked from its eyes and mouth the gray matter pooled on the floor and seeped into the walls of my house then the monster was gone i went to cheek cheek i went to check on the sleeping boys in the living room but instead i found them covered in the gray matter then their bodies started to disintegrate The gray substance seeped back outside the house. The monster was next to my window again, and it scooped up the gray matter into its own mouth and drank it. (laughs) Then it looked at me and told me in an eerie and deep voice, Delicious. Don't tell anyone about this, and I'll let you and your dogs live. But once a year, I need to eat. So when you see me, make sure you have some friends over, or maybe don't. Or maybe don't help and be my next meal escape. That's last word doesn't make sense, but okay. I slowly nodded in agreement as I watched the monster disappear under the streetlight. I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe I imagined this whole thing. Maybe it was in my head. Would you like to come over and find out? Yeah, what's Um, going on, bestie? Yeah, I feel like that's a great idea. Gross. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye now.